0: Hello everyone and welcome to the first ever episode of Motor City Revival here for Blue Wire Hustle. My name is Kevin Goodwill and alongside me, writer and editor for the Detroit News and co-host of the Locked on Revenues podcast, Nolan Bianchi. Nolan, my man, how you doing, man?
1: Hey, how's it going, Cam? Thanks for uh, having me. Happy to be here and uh, be with you on your first endeavor into the, the podcast world. It's an exciting time and uh, I'm excited to get going.
0: Yeah, let's hope it's the first and not the last, right? Yeah, exactly, yeah. exactly. I tell you, before before I don't you, say anything that gets you canceled, you know. <laughs> hey, you can't cancel me and my uh, social media. I I've tweeted since March 2021. They can't find anything. <laughs> <laughs> That's perfect. You know? So I've been I've been raised right. Not saying people haven't been, but I'm just saying I've yeah. been raised right. Yeah. Yeah. So. Pretty pretty cold, dreary day here in Detroit, you Nell's know, Thursday. So how are you feeling?
1: Pretty good. Pretty good. I mean, we got the uh Michigan and Michigan State's football seasons heating up. We got mm-hmm. the Lions heading into week three, fresh off of a Monday night defeat in Green Bay. Oh. And we have Red Wings training camp starting today. Pistons going to be starting pretty soon i would presume uh and and they'll get rolling on october 6th i just got my tickets today actually for the season opener against the bulls i'm stoked 118 row seven come say what's up
0: <laughs> hey, hey he's already got tickets and i'm really excited personally about the michigan state <laughs> season so far i mean three 0 big one against miami like we're ranked actually it's pretty good this upcoming michigan michigan state game is going to be Really good, honestly, and we needed it because Michigan's been lacking for the past few years. No offense.
1: It has been. It has been lacking. It's you know, it's going back and forth a little bit. I've noticed <laughs> that you know when the the difference I think is that when Michigan State was in its era of dominance and in its era where it was supposed to win all of its games, it did. And Michigan for the last four or five years, realistically, should have won every single matchup against Michigan State. That did not happen. Um, I don't I don't want to like really come out here and like come out with like hot take artists and say like that is an indictment on the program. But, you know, there obviously there are some differences between how these programs have kind of gained dominance within the state and it ebbs and it flows and it kind of goes back and forth. And that's what makes this rivalry fun now to me is that there is the, the punching back and forth, not just in football, but in basketball as well. It kind of seems like there's like a full scale rivalry where where there's a give and a take in every sport and i think that's that that's a lot of fun i I think it's all kind of coming down to this october 30th showdown michigan or michigan at michigan state are they in east lansing this year
0: they are in east lansing this year
1: so yeah it's all coming down to that game and and honestly like every year if we could go in the state of michigan i think we would all agree michigan state fans michigan fans alike would all agree that if they had it their way, they would go into this game, both teams undefeated, we're on our way. So pretty, pretty exciting. Yeah, October 30th, or
0: as we call it here in Detroit, Devil's Night. Yes. Yep, exactly. <laughs> I didn't realize that anywhere everywhere else in America, there's no name for it, or at least I think one other place that had a name for it. I just, I just thought that was everywhere, but uh, we're just we're just different here in Michigan.
1: I did too. I I was, uh, I think I learned this like less than a year ago. I just remember like hearing about it. And I I was also very surprised by that. Um, Cause I remember like hearing about it as a little kid and I don't really live near Detroit. Like I live in Macomb. Mm -hmm. Um, So I was just kind of surprised. Like there was never really much going, but like there, that was the thing. It was like, Hey, devil's night is tonight, you
0: know? Yeah. So before we get started talking about the teams, I just wanted to ask you this. So I found this article, I think like a few days ago, you know, uh, the website Five Thirty Eight. Yeah. Yeah, they had this article on Detroit Sports and it says, hey, Detroit's the capital of bad sports right now. Did you actually read it? I did not. I did uh, not. Well, here's the premise. Detroit Sports kind of suck right now. You, but you can say that. Yeah. yeah I mean, if you think about it, a lot of teams have playoff droughts. I mean, the Pistons haven't won a playoff game since I was in middle school, which is uh, kind of bad because I'm 25. Yep. Same yeah, same here, man. Yeah, no, but hey, this is the good thing about them. this is why I want to start this podcast, right? The the rise is always great, no matter what. It's really easy to look at these teams and say, "Hey, y'all suck." But for us locals and for other sports fans, this is a time for us to really get to know the younger players, get to really you know, find players and teams to root for, you know, and also expectations are kind of low, you know, when you have championship teams that are competing year in, year out, so all the stress and it feels like a failure, but now you just want your team to improve every year, to show growth and that growth is something that I think is really important to getting to really connect with teams. Yeah. A hundred percent. I mean,
1: like you're starting to see that with the Tigers this year, I think in baseball in particular, they come up as always super fun because when you're not like in, in the winter, you got three sports for the, in this city anyways. Um, you know, we're lucky to have all four pro sports teams here, but in this city, you know, when the winter rolls around, typically speaking, it's, it's very hard for all of your teams to be so terrible at once. Uh, but it just so kind of happens that way. But I mean, usually you have a little bit of relief. Ah, The Red Wings lost tonight, but the Pistons won. And the Lions, you know, they got a game on Sunday. And so um, when your baseball team sucks, that is extra sucky because then your whole sports summer is just completely shot. And one of my favorite things in in sports is – the summer that a baseball team comes back because there's just something different about it. And I don't really know how to describe it, but it's the only ticket in town. And you know, everybody kind of starts looking around. It's the, it's the summer nights at the ballpark. Like it, it doesn't need to be a big game to feel that energy. There's, there's so many awesome, awesome things. Like, and I think back to, I can't remember exactly what game it was, but I believe it was like a Sunday night game, uh maybe got made up or something like that but they the tigers were were losing they came back and won and and in the concourse of Comerica Park after the game tigers fans were refusing to go home for a meaningless win on like a saturday or a sunday like it was ridiculous and it was beautiful and it like almost brought a tear to my eye because they were just hanging out in the backdrop of the uh Bally Sports Detroit um you know broadcast and and it's just like this is how bad these people have been waiting to get excited about a team is that they're hanging out for an hour after a meaningless July win for a team that has no realistic shot of making the playoffs and i think as we start to watch these teams kind of come up together, I think that's going to be the most exciting part about it is that it's going to be all of them together. You know, one night at LCA, it's going to be Moritz Sider cider and Lucas Raymond and, and right. Phillips Dean. And then the next night at LCA, it's going to be Cade Cunningham, Sadiq Bay, Killian Hayes, Isaiah Stewart, and whoever else they add into the mix. And so I think that that's really exciting is you're going to get that baseball type feel where the every ticket in town is, is feeling pretty hot not so sure about the Lions we'll see about that uh, but with the Pistons and Red Wings in, in particular you know it can be kind of a long winter when both of those teams are bad so I'm really really excited to watch them come up together and they're they're in a good place right now where they don't have a ton of expectations and so you can kind of enjoy the wave of of really whatever happens much like the, the Pistons last year I don't think I've ever seen a tank job pulled off so masterfully before and and it it, it rarely happens in a way that makes a fan base happy where you can watch the team all year and go you know what I like the play on the court from guys that will be here in the future and we suck that's that's ideal you know like it's hard to find that balance the piston struck it let them get in some lottery luck and and we're all going to be on our way.
0: Yeah, yeah. Speaking of uh, winters and lottery luck, let's talk about the Red Wings, huh? Mm, No lottery luck for these boys. Oh, my goodness. Do we even want to talk about last the last time that we had a worst (laughs) record and we are supposed to get the number one pick? And I think we ended up like third or something. Yeah, they ended up falling all the way to four
1: in the 2020 draft, but they ended up getting a really, really nice player in Lucas Raymond. And this happens uh, sometimes not just in hockey, but across all sports where – you know, that number one pick, you hold it to be so sacred, but realistically, is there that much separation at the top? Now, in 2020, they could still be the case where Alexa Lafreniere and Quinton Byfield come out next season. They absolutely light the world on fire, and they say, hey, we clearly are far and away better than Tim Stutz, Lucas Raymond, and all those guys who were taken behind them. I love that the Red Wings ended up with Lucas Raymond. I, I, I like... I look at that draft class. Hey, it would have been sick to get Quentin Byfield. It would have been sick to get Alexi Lafreni. It would have been sick to get Tim Stutzler. That was the guy I wanted heading into the draft on draft night. Even in my heart of hearts, I was thinking, please, Ottawa, do something stupid. They did not. The Redmings get Lucas Raymond. And just to the things I've heard about him, seen him do on the ice in that time, I I'm I feel not necessarily relieved, but... I'm happy with with how that kind of all ended up because the the intangibles that this kid brings to the game are are out of this world and um you know you, you hear stories about him the, the at the world junior championships over this past winter the the coach got COVID ahead of time and the assistant coach said thank god for lucas raymond because he was the coach of that team like you just hear all these incredible leadership and and qualities about him that really set him uh, head and shoulders above uh, your average prospect. And, and I think Detroit, in hindsight, shouldn't be too upset with the way the dice
0: fell on that one. Yeah, yeah. Also, isn't hockey I, the only pro sport where you could get drafted and then say, yeah, I want to go back to school? Yeah, exactly, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> yeah, so, yeah, so yesterday, um, Steve Yzerman had his media availability for a training camp. Uh, I saw you were tweeting out some of the codes. So what do you think about the things that he said?
1: Well, I mean, the, the, the big thing first and foremost, that kind of came out of that press conference was the fact that Tyler Bertuzzi was the lone Red Wings player, not vaccinated. Mm -hmm. That is to me, the, the biggest thing that that kind of came out of all of that, because. You know, whatever, whichever way you feel about it. This is a guy who was going to be on your, your top line. This is a guy who I thought deserved to be an assistant captain at the beginning of last season. Mm -hmm. Um, And was a slam dunk, like truly a slam dunk to be one this year. I just don't know that happens anymore because Tyler Bertuzzi did not get vaccinated. He essentially voluntarily opted out of the games that the team will be playing in Canada because with the quarantine and and border rules and all that type of stuff. Right. It's just not going to happen. So. I I I don't see that happening anymore, and there's a kind of a big jolt in the Red Wings fan base. Like a lot of people disappointed in him. Um, just just kind of an un- unfortunate situation, uh, all around. But a couple other big things. Um, Joe Valeno, Lucas Raymond, Jonathan Berggren—they are very much competing. Uh, four spots on this team this season. Um, Berggren, he he kind of had a uh, a little bit of an injury, got banged up in the prospects tournament last week. Lucas Raymond as well, but they both had phenomenal prospect tournaments um, in the uh, the short stints that they played Lucas Raymond I believe had three goals uh, in two games he, he just looked great Jonathan Bergen was passing the puck around to him on a couple of them uh, and really I mean heading into this season that is what you were looking for that is the news you were looking for out of training campus how do those guys look and that was what a lot of the questions in yesterday's press conference kind of pertained to was hey what does Joe Valeno have to do to make the team well Joe Valeno he came over at the end of last year after a stint in the Swedish Hockey League he got loaned over there for the COVID season came back at the end of the year played seven games or so uh and he looked pretty good but does that mean he's going to make the team this year i can't say one way or the other because for all intents and purposes it was just hey let's get a look at this kid like you would any other prospect in a normal year giving him the seven eight games up from grand rapids hey what do we got with this kid okay here's what you need to work on go back down there Mm-hmm. and and we'll call you back up when you're ready so i can't say for sure that joe valeno has an inside track on this team and given the fact that they they signed a pretty decent amount of center depth over the offseason given their their situation i would definitely say it's not a lock to make the team you know mitchell stevens is a fourth line center type guy that they they signed at some point in the offseason and that's going to be a guy who's going to make Joe Valeno fight for that spot. And I think that that's one thing we've heard over and over again from Steve Eisenman. These, Mm -hmm. these jobs are not going to be handed out like, yes, play the kids, but also don't clear roster spots for them. And so I think that's something that a lot of Red Wings fans are going to struggle with this year. And it's something that a lot of Red Wings fans are probably going to put on head coach Jeff Blasherl. And I don't think that's – that's he's going to deserve it because – and it, and it's just going to be kind of a messy situation like last year where, you know, Jeff – people are like, why doesn't Blasho play the kids? And then at the end of the season, Steve Eisenman alluded to Jeff being uh, great with, you know, kind of listening to what Steve wants from those players and, hey, if the, he's not doing this, don't play him and, and things like that. And so he kind of, at the end of the day, absolved a lot of the, the, the criticisms that Red Wings fan has – or Red Wings fans have of Jeff Blasio. I thought that was kind of interesting. Um, and, and it will be something to watch for because there are more prospects banging on the door, trying to get in games, trying to get in the lineup. Mm-hmm. Uh, but for those prospects that we talked about, Lucas Raymond, Jonathan Bergen specifically, he kind of mentioned I don't want like they have to absolutely make the top 12, which means they have to be for sure guys who are in the lineup every single night. Right. And even maybe he might want them to be top nine, which, you know, you're in the top three lines uh, every night because he doesn't want them to, to get buried on the fourth line, not get a lot of minutes. He also doesn't want him watching in the press box. And so I think that'll be something interesting to watch, too. But I think Lucas Raymond uh, specifically is still making uh this hockey team i hope he ends up on the red wings third line it's a wait and see thing i have no inside info that makes me think that uh i just believe in lucas raymond and and i love what i've seen out of him so far so that'll be kind of the things to watch for is mainly uh just how will the prospect situation shake up as
0: we head out of camp yeah that's the thing about the Wings. they just have so many prospects and you can see like the potential on a lot of them but i know it's hard for fans and In any sport, right? You want to play the young guys, but you're not going to win a lot of games because they're young guys and they just don't have the experience. But putting those guys out on the ice, especially like later in the season, I think that's going to help a lot more than, especially for the long call, right? This is not a team that's ready for contention really in any sense of, you know, so I I think that lowering the expectations and just letting these guys get out there, I think is going to be better than anything, right? Like, what's the worst that can happen?
1: Yeah and well I think the thing that's frustrating for for Red Wings fans or just hockey fans in particular honestly mm-hmm. like this is a the thing that is there's a lot more patience involved it's it's somewhere in the middle of like football and baseball where baseball you draft a guy and you're like see you in 6 years you know but it's not that long but it's kind of typically that long and and or at least with you know non first round picks yeah. uh and it's it's usually like 2 to 3 years to to really earn a full-time job uh in the nhl and i think a super frustrating thing for red wings fans has been that um these guys you know when when the pistons draft isaiah stewart for
0: example he was the third guy taken in that first third round guy. by the pistons seen, so he yeah killing was first and then i think sadiq was second um but i stewart
1: won. was in the 20s yeah he okay and you draft him, and you see him right away. He, he might not be playing a lot, but he's on the bench. He gets out there sometimes. Maritz Sider, who was drafted first o- or, or sixth overall in the t- 2019 draft, Red Wings fans still haven't seen him wear a Red Wings uniform. Besides a couple of preseason games before his uh, uh, AHL career started during the pandemic year, which was obviously cut short at the end, we were hoping that he would come up at the end of that season. You get his first glimpse of it. That doesn't happen. Obviously, the world goes into chaos. He ends up getting loaned out to uh, the Swedish Hockey League for a year, and you still haven't seen him. And I think that's such a frustrating thing for Red Wings fans. You know who your prospects are going to be. You know who your core is. You know who the guys that are going to be, hopefully, pushing for that next Stanley Cup, but they're just not here yet. Right. And, and, and it's frustrating and you can't even really watch them like that. Conveniently their games are on at like, you know, 10 in the morning and, and yeah. it's, 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 they play in, you know, 15 different leagues and, and it's just tough. And, and I think that that's, that adds to the impatience that fans have is like okay they're over here put them in and it's like well no they still need to there's still a benefit to going through the ahl and and saying hey this is how you play on north american ice you know like there's a, a big difference there in the style of play and i think if There is a reason in particular why I might be hesitant to say that Lucas Raymond or Yannick Bergen is going to make the roster. I would say that it is for that reason because they have not played on north american ice uh in throughout their careers and so that probably will take some time getting used to it's just a little bit of an adjustment you got less time to move you can't you go into the zone you got to do something with the puck you can't just turn like you don't have that that much space so there's a lot of different like nuances of the game that they kind of have to get accustomed to in north america before they're ready to do it at the highest level how quickly they pick that up however could could be pretty quick. Lucas Raymond, like the reason I, I believe he'll make the roster is because he's a guy that picks things up immediately. You know, he he had kind of a tough outing in his uh first game against the stars, and then boom, he was in control of that that Saturday game against the Blues in last week's prospects tournament. So it's really the adaptability, how quickly can these guys get accustomed to not only playing the North American game but play playing the at Show the top three lines so a lot of kind of credentials to
0: to to get through uh to make this lineup yeah all right so we're gonna we're not doing a full preview because you know we haven't really done preseason. so i want you to yeah. hold up on a few of his takes. but okay. you got some really good stuff though like, okay. I, I appreciate the insight like i'm yeah, no problem i've kind of fallen out of the red wings thing because i just remember them making playoffs all the time they were Probably the most consistent, at least in my view, the most consistent North American um, sports franchise. You could argue San Antonio Spurs, but in terms of just them being in the playoffs, you know, even at the end to their detriment when they were just literally fighting to get in just to keep the streak alive, it was, it was still fun. Right. Yeah. And it's weird. Right. Like how we treat them that way. Cause I did the same thing.
1: Like, especially in those years where like, they started the decline to where you're Mm -hmm. like, It's like you have an A student that's always an A student, and then they get, like, two Fs in a row, and you're like, what the heck is wrong? Like, what is, what's going on? Yeah. This isn't right. This isn't like you. And then you have your D average student in the Pistons who are, like, just barely scraping by, and then they get a a C, and you're like, oh, my gosh. Oh, my gosh. They're returning this thing around, baby. You know, like, they're, and it's so fun. And, and same thing with Alliance, too. Alliance are flat. S Alliance are F minus. Like, yeah.
0: a D minus. We're just like, what is going on? And then we're going exactly. to get a B. We're just like ready to ride in the streets exactly exactly
1: that that one year where they had but they won 11 and 5 do you remember that year when they yeah, had that, the top
0: 10 defense yeah. You remember that year you know like
1: or 2014 whatever it was that like people would just like always love to point to that and be like one time one time stafford had a top 10 defense you saw what happened
0: and you know he almost won a playoff game we should have he almost
1: he should have won a playoff game i maintain that that game was ripped from the hands of the Detroit Lions by the NFL in some sort of a uh, conspiracy, but that's not the Go With the Cowboys, with the Cowboys, yeah, yeah. I, I mean, like literally, you saw it this past weekend. How, like, Justin Herbert backpedaling, and officials are like, "Boop, sack, it's He's like, down." That's the Cowboys. That's yeah. the Cowboys. Yeah, that's the I Cowboys. All right. I mean, well, the, enough the about the Cowboys. Bad, but, enough
0: yeah. about America's team. Let's talk about the Red Wings. And also, here's what. I want to talk about. We all know the Red Wings' biggest weakness from last season to this season. Can you tell us? Everything? Goal scoring. Did keeping Pucks
1: out of their own. It, it was really the goal scoring, the power yes.
0: play. Yes. The goal scoring, definitely. Like I didn't realize until I looked at the stats in terms of just overall goal scoring, the power play chances, just not being there. Like Anaheim was the only team I saw that was worse. And mm-hmm. Anaheim's not even like. And they were like historically,
1: they they're like they're like last that they, that power play mark is like last year's Red Wings team where you can't even like give them credit for not being last in the league because like the team that was last in the league is such a joke that it's historically
0: embarrassing. So don't dump your chest over that. <laughs> yeah, we won't. We definitely won't. But so, in your opinion, your viewpoint. Which area of the game would you be most disappointed in, other than goal scoring? Because that's just a general thing. Like, obviously, put the put the puck in the in the in net, that, like, that's hockey. That's yeah, I mean. I think,
1: like, I don't know if disappointed is the right word. Maybe it's just something I want to surprise. Like, would you be surprised
0: if they didn't improve in in that area?
1: Yes, I would be very surprised if they didn't improve in that area, and especially, particularly in the power play department. And I think those two things kind of work in tandem. When you know how to score in the power play, you know how your teammates are getting open and things like that. That ends up lending itself to your five-on-five play. And last year, the Red Wings power play was genuinely awful i believe Mm -hmm. they had a i can't remember how long like the longest streak was but it was like they went 44 straight power play attempts without scoring a goal and you look at a lot of their their games Mm -hmm. at least in the first half of the season and they they would have like they they didn't have a lot of wins, but they also like all of their games were one goal losses. And in almost all of those games, they just got beat in special teams. And so you're kind of looking at it like, dude, if they could just score one game on the power play, allow one less goal on the penalty kill, this team is sitting pretty, which is obviously a tough ask, you know, like that's not just a, an easy fix, but the goal scoring definitely uh, needs to improve. But I, I think that that will be a focus this year after the 19th. 20 season that was such a disaster. I really 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 think that the webbings kind of were like, okay, we didn't really improve the roster that much. We don't want to go through that again. And I think they really just relied on defensive hockey to get them through games. And I'm not saying that Jeff Blaschle was was not a defensive, you know, first coach before that, but you really saw them start to sacrifice maybe creativity and and things like that for kind of just playing technically sound hockey and it worked it it didn't lead to great results but they weren't the last team or the worst team in the league they they had these sixth best lottery odds heading in or seventh best lottery odds whatever it was um and so you know you're kind of like sitting here thinking Well, let's they they kind of maybe have that part down once you get the injection of the youth and the actual talent, not just guys that are there to like keep the dam from breaking. Mm -hmm. Then you might start to see a little bit of of that going the other way. And again, that's something that works in tandem, where if you're if you're spending a lot more time in the offensive zone, you're spending a lot less time in the defensive zone. And so, you know, I think really that was just kind of the approach that they took was just like. Let's just not allow goals at all costs and hope that we can do something stupid to win a two, one game, one, nothing game. It is what it is. That's how you have to win hockey games when you're not a very good team.
0: Yeah. And also just one more thing about the Rams before we uh, move on to another team. Um, so your confidence in Jeff was coaching, like what is it like right now? Because I read an article um, by the, F like they do these fan surveys of our and, The fans were really high on Steve, of course, because of, you know, moves in the draft picks and the prospects. But they're a lot lower on Jeff and his ability to really take this team to the next level, at least from what I saw. So what are your thoughts on him? That is, I would say, dead accurate. And it doesn't really make a lot of
1: sense, right? Like, how can you have a lot of trust in – steve eiserman but zero trust in jeff blasho like right. do you so are like if you have zero trust in jeff blasho you're saying you have some distrust in steve eiserman but like mm-hmm. people don't people won't admit that and it's kind of like a weird game that people are playing and like they justify it by saying like no eiserman knows jeff blasho a bad coach and he's doing it so they can tank like no that that doesn't work no. intentionally stunting your players development doesn't work like that's not that doesn't make any sense to me. And, and so as I kind of alluded to a, a little bit earlier, I was real frustrated with Jeff Blaschel at, at early points in last season. And then as the season kind of went on, you know, we, we heard Eisenman talk a little bit more. And then especially as the end of the season when Eisenman gave that press conference, I started to realize that a lot of the things that we were hating on Jeff Blaschel for – were things mandated by the general manager? Like I mentioned, like he, he, Steve arsman said, like explicitly, Jeff has done a great job with, you know, working with me on on guys I wanted to get in the lineup and what I wanted to see from them and stuff like that. And he and he pretty much, I don't want to say fell on the sword for him, but he he did like everything that everybody complains about Jeff Blashell about. Steve Arsman was like, yeah he does a great job of implementing that because I want it. And, and to me, then it's like, Oh, okay. And I believe in, and I believe in you, Steve. So let's, let's just back off here. And and I'm very much a wait and see person because a lot of people have, have said, um, and even my co-host over at Lockdown Red Wings, Scotty Bentley has said, I have never seen a team go from a playoff team to, to, you know, tanking and then come out of the, and, and, try and come up and contend again with the same coach and yeah. i said and i'm aren't the pistons doing literally that right now they are
0: right and they, they have yeah. a thing where the gm and the coach are literally one and the same right or they're working together and they have right. trust and so the and the fans are buying into it like the pistons were horrible last year in terms of record but because of all the young prospects and because of the way the nba draft is they were like hey we'll tank to get this number one pick because you have guys like Sig Bay, you have guys like Hayes, you're giving these guys this time and opportunity. And hey, they were for it. They were like, hey, Dwayne Casey, you know, there were some people saying, oh, Dwayne Casey's on the hot seat and all this stuff. But I didn't think it was true because he would have been out there already if Troy Weaver had said, hey, we want somebody that can actually direct this. But there lies, I think, um, a real kind of a weird it's a weird um, thing there were in one sport. Everyone's trusting the GM and the coach and the other sports. Like, I trust the GM, but the coach. Uh... And then let's go to the Tigers.
1: The best manager in baseball, A.J. Hinch, worst GM in baseball, El <laughs> Avila. I think a lot of Tigers fans feel that way. Yeah. And, and I, I'm i not saying I don't feel that way. You know, like, I, I, I don't want to, you know, trash El Avila too badly, but like, that is that is the exact inverse of that situation where it's like in every and now it's so funny because everything you see like the updates that the Tigers are doing they they revamped their player development department like I think Mm -hmm. they like hired and fired like 20 people the other day and in my head I'm like hell yeah AJ Hinch you know like that's that's AJ Hinch to me yeah and and because like they weren't doing that before and 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 so like I give it's just weird how that kind of shakes out like i Eisenman even said in a press conference that he he was asked a question about like if he pays attention to other sports teams and how they run their stuff and he's like oh yeah definitely you know we mentioned like liverpool and the dallas cowboys i think we're another team uh or no new england patriots yeah. um and he was he he mentioned the tigers and he says yeah like i have calls with alavila and we exchange ideas for their player development they're doing a lot of really exciting things and i tweeted that out and somebody was like oh my goodness and i was like i think it was a nice way of saying alavila has relayed to me some things that aj hinch is making him implement so i, I you know it's but that's my perception of of a non-insider kind of situation well, it, it is interesting and then and then in allen park you got you trust them both kind of, I don't know. And that's kind of a similar thing as well, where it seems like they're working in tandem, mm-hmm. the coach and the GM, and, and maybe that's secret. Maybe that's what turns this all around, Cam, because mm-hmm. that does seem to be consistent across three teams that are on the up and up, maybe up in the lines as well.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And really great transition to the Tigers because that's the next team we're talking about. Boom. Yeah, boom. Look at that. You don't even have the script in front of you, but like we got, we got this <laughs> mind connection, right? Yeah, absolutely. What happens when you're coworkers, you just know. Yep. Yeah. So let's talk about the Tigers because this is the first time really in a while that I've been so invested, not just in the team and the record, but the players as well. They're currently 74 and 78, which if you had told me before the season that they would win 70 games, I would have been like, Maybe. <laughs> what what how will we do that there's just a bunch of injuries in the in the american league we just we just come on some secret sauce or something yeah yeah and big thing is they're 34 and 27 since the all-star break i hope i'm right about that but that's a really yeah. good record. Some, and, something like that you yeah know, it something sounds like good it. so here's the thing though about the tigers i'm gonna give you let's, let's say this there are two teams right now that preseason and i'm gonna be These were teams that were like really hyped. And oh man, these are teams that could contend for a pennant or World Series. And their records are pretty similar to the Tigers. So, can you guess those two teams? No. I'll give you a hint. I'll give you a hint. The Yankees. I'll give you a hint. They're both in a national league. So, we're just going to take that out. Because you're in the right city, the Mets. Yes. Geez, they're a disaster. I
1: I could not believe when I turned on Sunday Night Baseball on Sunday and I saw they had a losing record <laughs> or something like close to it. Like it was, or wait, no, yeah, you just yeah. Moved to the record. Um, okay, both in the National League. Give me the
0: uh dot. No, no. Need a hint. Cubs. I mean the Cubs are an absolute train wreck. I mean, they just clean the house like quickly, but no, that's just fine. trying to think
1: of like who who's a similar records
0: team like Microsoft 74. This team is actually really close and wins. Like I would say two or three. Give me a division. The Braves. Right. No, not the, the, hmm, the Braves are the Braves happy. are in first place, aren't they? Yes, I, I believe so. They're actually doing kind of well. They're in a very tough this team is in a very tough division. There's like two teams that are really good, and they're just kind of stuck in the middle. I I I knew it
1: was the NL West. I can't You're the two teams you're talking about are the Dodgers and the Giants. Giants. Who else is in the NL West?
0: The Padres. The Padres. Padres are yes. 76 and 75. Dang. Dang. That's and crazy. I would have guessed that. Up. And that's just how baseball works, you know, all these preseason you know, expectations, and then you yeah, she got to play, and because it's such a long season and a lot of things can happen, and who knew the Giants were going to be good in the NL West, honestly? and I mean, they've been incredible. Mm-hmm. But the reason I talked about those two teams was to really show, like, how impressive this Tigers season is and also the job that A.J. Hinch has done. Like, it's really, you know, when he was first hired and everybody was like, you're hiring that guy. From that team and what they did with this team and what they have been going through. Are you sure this is going to work? And it has. Like, the games are fun. The the bats have been there. The rotation has been very solid. There are a few wrinkles here and there. Like, there are just, you know, times... Well, where- I mean, despite missing your your top two pitchers heading out of the season and Matthew yeah. Boy and
1: Spencer Turnbull. All
0: right. And Turnbull had a no-hitter in the beginning of the year from what yep. I remember. And you know, back when everybody was having no hitters and then the MLB had to crank down because they were like, we want dingers, <laughs> the fans want dingers, give us dingers, right? Yeah. But other than that, and talk about all the names that they have, like Eric Haas has been great for them. Jonathan Scope, you know, I think he just got an extension. So he's gonna be around for a while. Everyone's everyone fan favorite of obviously. Um, Grossman too, like they've been they've really they've been doing really well, but in your opinion, what has been the biggest surprise from the Tigers this season? I would say
1: just how many players had breakout years. Like, and I think that that is a testament to A.J. Hinch. Like, the the fact that so many guys, like, how how often in the last three, four years would you look at the Tigers and go, wow, that guy really overperformed? I mean, it, mm-hmm. chances are whenever that happened, he was immediately shipped out of town. But, um, you know, that just didn't happen a lot and this year it happened with so many different guys jake rogers had a breakout year eric haas had a breakout year uh akil badu had a breakout year derrick hill is like starting to hit the ball pretty well and you know had a had a really great season in the field um all of these guys that that you kind of went through Jonathan scope, having a hit uh, a breakout season, he's always been a very good player, but he went through a stretch in August where he was, he was the best hitter in baseball for a good or not August. I think it was July, maybe July, July, whatever. Uh, And, and where he was the best hitter in baseball for the month of July. And so, you know, all of this kind of bringing back that, that magic and that chemistry and that like, Hey, we're going to be here next year. Like guys, guys believe that. And I think that that is a powerful, powerful thing. when you are able to, to go into battle day in and day out with guys that, you know, you're building with. And I think that that's really tough when you're, when you're a tanking team and everybody is really just playing for their next NLB contract, who knows where. Um, and that was the situation that the Tigers were in. Like think about three, four years ago, the most exciting players on this team were Jacoby Jones. Like, that's crazy to think about and, and like to me that I, I think that has just been the the most fun thing is is just how many guys have had their breakout season as I haven't even gotten to the pitchers yet but Casey Mize, Tarek Scuble, mm-hmm. um, the way that they've progressed over the season the way that Chris Fetter has worked with a lot of these pitchers improved the bullpen from time to time you know Berger Michael Soto. Fulmer Gregory Soto I was at that game a couple months ago it was the the night Jack Morris got uh in trouble um yeah and the we were we were waiting it was a, a night where Maggie could hit 500 he was looking like he might come up in the bottom of the ninth tie game soto loads of bases gives up a grand slam it was all good bummer but um anyways yeah. I mean, like you just look around and look at the guys that you say, okay, I hope that guy's on the Tigers again next year. And, and I just don't think that that's, that's been the case for a while now. And I I kind of lost uh, track of this point earlier, but I think, you know, it speaks to to how magical baseball can be, you know, yep. when guys start believing when, when Akil Badu starts hitting and then, and then that guy starts hitting behind him. And, and it's just like, you start to see, everybody pulling in the same direction and i think that like as much as baseball is really 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 an individual it's 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 as individual as a sport as you can really get for a team sport right it still almost requires like more teamwork than anything else in in a lot of different ways so i don't know it's just it's just interesting and, and fun and i think that that's been uh kind of the biggest surprise to me is how many guys you can look at from this team and you know say had a great
0: first year with the tigers i can't wait to see him again next year yeah exactly and not note about the miguel cabrera thing like that's been a fun thing to watch all year yeah. And any other year like looking at what happened past few years that would probably be the only story we could really well, talk about with the tigers look, is. let's hey,
1: get let's give a shout out to to jamer catalerio he's leading the, the majors in doubles right now yeah, like that's crazy cool. you know like the, those those little things where you just cool. Like that's, that's a cool thing. And and it's a sign that your baseball team is taking a step in the right direction.
0: Yeah. Speaking of a step in the right direction. Now we're looking at them as, you know, maybe a team that could potentially contend, you know, sooner rather than later, because if you would have asked anybody before the season, you would have said, Hey man, I don't know what Alavila doing. I don't really know what's going on, but it is looking like it's going to take us a while to get there, to get back to, what it was back in 2006 and 2012 and 13 and 14 and all those great years but now that they're in this position they they could finish 500 like that's a very attainable yeah. goal. they could win 80 games like mm-hmm. that, that's possible but um from your point of view do you think that the tigers are now pressured to make big moves in the offseason wait wait i got this i got this note in my notes it says Cough, sign a shortstop alibi. I wonder who could have left that there. I don't know, but the no makes a good point. You know, (laughs) should they be in the market for a big time shortstop, or are they, do they, should they have this um, trust in a team and saying, hey, we're going to develop these guys and get these guys bigger and maybe save up for another year instead of trying to really jump a step and maybe. maybe lose track like
1: what do you think i think that would be a mistake because i think that like as disappointing as it was that they didn't sign anybody last year, they should have signed somebody like this past offseason that is decent and i think that that like you can't just do it all in one offseason and expect it to just all be put together that's not how it works in my opinion and you know you look at how teams build. Like Jonathan Scope, he was a guy who was signed two years ago. Like, I think that's important to have those guys to where they're veterans, they're really good, and they're not just coming into the Tigers locker room being like, oh, I'm supposed to be a vet and lead this team. It's like, no, this is my team. I've been on this team for a while. I've been building with these guys, and I want to help the, like, elevate for us. It, It becomes something that it's bigger than yourself and i'm not saying that free agents are going to come in and you know that they have that mindset or whatever but it is different like undeniably and uh yeah i don't know i i really really do hope that they they end up signing a shortstop because if you look at i i i heard some not not some rumors Mm -hmm. i saw some things on on twitter Our, our uh colleague of the detroit news or lynn henning he said a week or two ago that with ryan creedler playing so well in AAA that they might not need to go out and sign a shortstop and that just doesn't make any sense to me he's a 23 yeah. year old prospect just making his way to AAA, never been like he's not a top 100 prospect like why are you going to let yourself have the chance of being 10 games in the next season he's a disaster at shortstop and then all of a sudden like Oh crap. We didn't sign a shortstop. Oh, hopefully. All right. Well only 150 games until we get the chance to do it again. Like that's, that just doesn't make any sense to me. There's no, it's almost like the tigers are, are worried about a log jam that doesn't exist.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And that's the other thing about it too. Like if you do find the shortstop and he can be someone who can play most of the games, you don't have to worry about breaking in a young prospect and having them play mm-hmm. all these games, you know, you can work them in. He doesn't have to be an everyday player, he can learn. He can, You can even put him back down AAA and say, "Hey, you're not good enough yet. You know, you've been struggling. Your yeah. guy average isn't there. The fielding isn't there because shortstop is a tough position to play. So, hey, and, you know, and then the position is yeah.
1: not a complete liability mm-hmm. when he isn't playing well. You know, like that. And that's the thing too is like that was really frustrating for the Tigers this season where they were losing winnable games because they just didn't have a shortstop and like that that was like they just couldn't turn a double play like oh boom three three missed double plays in a single game that sucks tigers lose by one or two you know like that is unacceptable and especially on a team that is looking to make a playoff push so i don't see how in my mind it's like you're gonna have to make a big move or two right You, you just have to why wouldn't it be a shortstop it, it may be because the price tag's too high for the guys that are going to be there, but like, who cares? It, like the the stars are aligning for you in your situation. Why would you not act on that? You know it. it so
0: I don't know. It, it it's not even like the payroll is that high for the Tigers either, right? You're not right, really exactly spending that much on the guys you have because all your guys are you know either you have drafted or other players, right? So I mean, what's your biggest contract? What Miguel Cabrera? And that's been there yeah. for how many years? Yep. And that'll be gone soon. It's so. going to be off the books. So, hey, if you were looking at a season, I'm not saying sign every star available, but especially at that position, at shortstop, that's something that they should really take a look at. And mm-hmm. if other teams are just paying way too much, you don't want to spend too much either. Hey, that's fine. But you got to at least try because you have something here that you haven't had in a few years. and you got to take advantage of it while the window's there you know you 100 percent. you have the fan base you have the manager for it you have like i said like you said the stars are aligning make the make the connections and boom us up yeah it, it, exactly it's like you
1: it's like they're playing mario kart and they go through the magical little and they hit like the, the mystery box and they get the the blue shell
0: the, or whatever no not the oh, blue the,
1: what's the what's the mushroom that like has a gold mushroom speed boost yeah the gold mushroom yeah. you get the gold mushroom and then you just don't hit it and you're like yeah, i'm gonna save it i'm gonna save it i'm gonna save it and then it disappears and you're like oh crap like you know like that it it doesn't make any sense to me you have a chance to become uh World Series contender with a signing or two. Like, if they go out and they get Carlos Correa and and they are going to get Spencer Torkelson, Riley Green in May 2022, which sounds like the plan right now, mm-hmm. why couldn't this team be a contender when they had, you know, Eric Haas leading the team in RBIs, you know, like it, the year before? Like, that 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 doesn't make sense to
0: me to not hit hyperdrive right now. Yeah, and it's not like they're in the toughest division. The only good team are the White. Exactly. Team. They and they're the not even that good, window, right? Cleveland yeah. is taking a step back. Kansas City had a hot start, but they kind of faltered away and the Twins are a mess. So, you really don't have that many excuses, especially with the team you have and the situation you're in in your division to not at least try. And like you have the the okay.
1: <laughs> this is this is going beyond like Logic. This is just emotion. Oh, you really have the chance to. I mean, last year, the White Sox, the Tigers, both need new managers. AJ Hinch wants to go to the White Sox. It's a much better job, a much better situation. Mm-hmm. And they sign Tony La Russa. <laughs> They have eleven more wins than the Tigers right now. They might not get to ninety wins, camp. Yeah. They are going to like. I. I. I'm sure that that fan base knows it, but like. The ability for for AJ Hinch, I'm sure that there's some sort of personal thing there too, where you can just really steal the White Sox come up from from underneath them and right. and just bully them and you know be the the dominant team in the division because you made a smart move at manager, make a smart move with your free agent signings, keep that momentum rolling mm-hmm. within your organization, and good things will come. I believe that like when an organization tries and like. Puts forth an honest effort and in you know whatever it is that they're trying to do. I think I, I believe in that, you know. Like I and and so I don't know. Yeah, it's just me. Yeah, it is just you. but you? Make it'd, be, it. it'd be it'd be a be a cherry on top to literally like never see the White Sox win a playoff series.
0: Oh my god! Wait. Or is, so if we're gonna talk about who we dislike the most in the AL Central, you're a White Sox. Like never, never the White Sox. Um. No, yeah, I hate all the teams in the AL Central. It it
1: <laughs> twins are I somebody actually locked on Tigers posted this on Twitter yesterday. They said, like, rank your least favorite AL Central teams. I said yeah. twins and everybody else because <laughs> I, I can't pick between like I have my own personal beefs with all of them. Kansas City for doing exactly to Detroit what I just described, what would be nice to do to the White Sox, and that is cut to the front of the line, win the World Series that was rightfully the tigers uh and and so i hate them for that i can i will never forgive them for that because it was just like what are you guys doing like get out of here it's not your time yet like let us win one and then you can freaking come in here and do whatever you want to do and that didn't happen and they just and they ended up winning and that will, i'll never get over that That's uh tough. cleveland i hate because I mean, the Ohio connection is there. The whole like that was the big rivalry I felt like in the 11, 12, 13, 14. It, it yeah, the whole Detroit's bankrupt chant. Uh, mm-hmm. like I'm never forgetting them for that. And then I just hate the White Sox, like they're just very, very unlikable. Like, I, I when I think back to like their legends, uh, AJ Prezinski, hateable, mm-hmm. Scott Podsednik, hateable just because mm-hmm. of his name. I, I Scott Podsednik. Get out of here. <laughs> Paul Canerco. like just like the most MLB06 the show default names oh. possible. And I just I just hate them all. I don't know how to describe it. I just I I, I just I just don't like the White Sox. Cool I'll hats, yeah. One of the best hats that. in
0: baseball. I will say though. No. Tim Anderson. That Tim dude. Anderson's awesome. That dude. Tim Anderson
1: is that dude. Tim I Anderson protect him at all costs, right? I, I'm, I'm with you there I just want bad things To happen to his baseball team Not him personally Just yeah. his baseball
0: team And to Russo, Because you know That's just a different conversation Yeah
1: <laughs> Exactly
0: uh-